Rally Basics podcast. Uh, I'm happy to have a great, a great friend of mine, a guy I've known for over over 20 years. Uh, he's been critical to my success in the area. Of those of, who have listened to my previous two podcasts, I talk a lot about the uh, infrastructure projects I've done in New York City, and uh, my buddy uh, Paul Lennox, who's a field operation manager and uh, CWI, which is Certified Welding Inspector, is here today to talk about his uh, career journey. And uh, welcome, Paul, and thanks for taking the time. Thanks for having me. How are you doing today, buddy? Good. You know, nice and relaxed. That's cool. That's cool. Well, thanks for coming down, uh, driving down to Middletown this morning. I really appreciate it. Uh, no, thanks for having me. I've, you know, we've been trying to plan this and get it together now for what almost a year, right? So, so exactly. it's it's nice to finally you know have it come to fruition and and sit down and have a talk with you. Well, yeah, I mean, everybody I've been interviewing lately, uh, everybody's very busy. You're a good family man. You've you've got two great kids, a wife. I do a lot with your with your with your family, and uh, you're you know you do work on a, on a weekend. So, like I said before, you know, really appreciate you taking the time and. Uh, uh, you know, and I think this is going to be a good podcast. So, um, I don't know when are we, when do we meet each other, Paul? Can we can we put a can we put our finger on that? Uh, I I know when uh, or where is better. I don't know the exact date. Okay, but um, as you come to know, I am a huge drag racing guy. Yep, yep. You have dra- a drag racing car yourself, right? Yeah. Basically, yes. And um, I haven't missed a national event down at uh english town and until they shut the uh the track down so i happened to be down there for one of the nationals and you were down there doing welding demonstrations oh that's right, that's right. and uh we had a mutual friend who has since uh passed away unfortunately derek milner that's right derek yeah and i knew derek very well but i didn't know you at that time and uh derek asked me to mess with you and you know i sat down at the bench and you went through how you know how the machine works and you know how to do everything and asked me if i had ever welded before of course i was you know not exactly nice and said, no i don't know what i'm doing and kind of played <laughs> with you a little bit right right and then uh you know went into you know the welding and you stopped me and said how long you've been doing this and i just kind of looked at you smiled and said my whole life <laughs> and uh that's when derek introduced us but that's got to be 20 22 years ago just about yeah that's you know i remember that day you you got that uh, you have that real cl- uh, old school uh nhra hat it's yeah the floppy like, hat yeah it's sweet yeah it's it's broken in it's uh it's tight yeah you know what that gets that gets me thinking like uh at that time i think you were working for air gas right um actually it was even before air gas it was when it was still boc um right it was right when air gas was buying boc and i had met derek he was the la- liaison between um harris uh Coil- i can never say that word Colorific, yeah, Carol, uh, yeah, Harris Colorific, yeah, that's it. That's it yeah. Um, he was the uh, the rep uh, for them and was stationed at the uh, um, customer service center out in Lebanon, New Jersey. So that's how I got to meet Derek. And then uh, he would, you know, when uh, we went to the races, he would always, you know, hey, drag me down there. He knew I was going anyway. So that's that's how I met him. Um, and that's actually. If it wasn't for that, I wouldn't have met all the people that I know in the industry. Oh, That's really? kind of, yeah, you know, BOC kind of moved me to the next level mm-hmm. um, to to move me up. I mean, I started off in high school, you know, in in uh, metal shop, mm-hmm. you know, and kind of had an interest because um, I knew I wasn't going to go to college. I wasn't the type. 
I had a family business in uh, Newark uh-huh. that, you know, we had our own custom machinery for what we did. So I wanted to go into that side of the business and, you know, help build machinery, maintain it. And that sort yeah, more of more entrepreneurship in a sense. Yes. Um, unfortunately, right after high school, my father passed away of a massive heart attack and it was a family business and wound up getting pushed out of the business. And the only thing I knew or the only skill set I had to get a job was my welding that I learned in high school. Oh, wow. So, you know, you're going to laugh. I took a apprentice job for a pipe fitting company back in 1987 for $5 an hour. No shit. Yeah. And that's where I started my, my welding career. And then, you know, I proceeded to teach myself because the only thing I knew how to do then was stick weld. In 1987, you know, uh, flux core and MIG and, and TIG were out there, but they were not really prevalent. Right, right. You know, really yet like they are today. So, you know, as I went through working for that company, um, you know, I taught myself, you know, skill sets and how to do different things. And I was lucky enough that the guy that I worked for was willing to teach me his trade. Yeah. You know, if it wasn't for him, I would never have refined my skills, you know, and, and moved to the next level. And throughout my whole career, even to this day, um, you're one of the people that have helped me on this journey, obviously. You know, I've learned to, for a lack of a better term, latch on to somebody. When I see they're willing to teach me, mm-hmm. I'm willing to learn, you yeah. know, and, and that to me today is like one of the biggest things is trying to, you know, trying to find somebody that's willing to take your knowledge. Yeah. You know, cause now I'm to that stage in, in my career and I promised a few people along the way that if they were willing to teach me, I needed to pass that skill set on. You know, it's just, it doesn't die with me. Right. That's how we keep, you know, the skill and the trade going. So, um, but it, there are very few people that want to get in this business nowadays. Yeah. I wonder why that is. It's a great business. It's, I mean, I think during this pandemic, it's considered a, uh, what, what's the term? Um, critical service or essential worker, essential worker. Right? Yeah. You've been working this whole time. Correct. Yep. Yeah. So. Didn't miss a day. Um, you know, luckily enough right now I'm on, uh, a big infrastructure project at the airport. So yes, critical path had had couldn't stop. You know, we've taken precautions. You know, to make sure everybody's safe, obviously. But you know, I've but, been go ahead. Yeah, I'm sorry. no, it's okay. No, no, I was just gonna. Uh, I, I think I think they're you know just you know maybe doing a little uh you know you know a little mind exercise on why people might not want to be in our in our industry. They I think a lot of per- people perceive it not being safe. I think it's one of the safest jobs to have. I mean, sa- safety is it's self-policed. You know, if you're yep. not wearing a hard hat, you don't have your safety glasses on people, people pull you aside. You know, when I travel, I have extra, I have an extra set of stuff. Uh, that's a, that's a vest. I, I wear steel toe boots, hearing protection. I, I wear gloves. Uh, I've got, I had, uh, uh, I have people, oh, why, why you got those, how you got those garden gloves on there? You know, guys give me a hard time. Yeah. I said, Hey, you know what? You would never make it in New York city. Okay. Right. Cause you know, it's mandatory. It's mandatory. Almost and quite honestly, you know, when you're going up and down a ladder on a skyscraper, uh, you know, you take it, you know, just slip a little bit. You could slice your hand in a quick second and you're in trouble. And so that's why there's gloves. And I actually wear gloves all the time now, even yeah. when I'm mowing the lawn. So it's actually elevated my safety standards, just me, you know, doing my doing my work around the house. So 
you know, you, you, we have a very, very safe industry and there's a lot of training, a lot of training available, you know? Well, that's just it. I mean, there's constant training available to you if you're willing to take it. I mean, there's so many avenues now. When I was first starting out, uh, you know, it was guys willing to teach you or if you were uh, willing to pick up a book and read it, mm-hmm. you know, there were, uh, you know, a podcast like this where you could listen and, and learn some things and say, oh, maybe that's the, you know, the path I want to take. Mm-hmm. There wasn't YouTube. Um, there wasn't, you know, um, the uh, online classes or tutorials. You know, I mean, think about it now. You have AWS has a full online uh, learning platform. Yeah. So for those who don't know what AWS is, it's American Welding Society, which uh, you're a uh, a certified welding inspector through that organization and, and you're also what what office or what, what office do you uh, at the local chapter in new jersey which what I, is your this year i'm just uh i'm on the executive committee i'm an executive i didn't take a position this year but i have been uh as well as you you've been past chairman mm-hmm. i've been a past chairman uh i was the certification chairman here in new jersey for almost eight years running mm-hmm. um it's actually how i got my cwi if you remember when you were chairman and you said hey i'm gonna sponsor you to take the test but you have to come and join aws and get involved oh yeah yeah that was uh well it goes i mean it goes back to the entry race like uh you know what what people uh, they're not not a part of our business uh that, that you know i've my last my first two podcasts i talk a lot about the technical and the, the big skyscrapers it's that's what gets me excited but there's a whole uh distribution network that's a part of the, part of my job working for a manufacturer and and i've told you this paul multiple times uh in my 23 years of working you were the only guy that i could ever really have a serious welding conversation you know with and i just remember a dream of yours is to become a certified welding inspector and yep. i had the ability to uh, do something for somebody because I had some authority, and I said, "Yeah, you're you're in." And and, and a lot of people were, "Oh, well, he works for a distributor," and everybody was like, you know, giving it, giving me a bunch of hard time about. It. I said, "Well, wait a second. We've been here for last. We've been here for three meetings, and, right. and and we're just you know ringing around the rosy here. I'm not sure what we're doing. I'm putting Paul in. He's got a passion for it, and and it's been instru- you've been instrumental in this area. I mean, all the jobs you worked on, you know, the Tappan Zee Bridge. We, you know, you helped me out with those qualifications." Uh, when you're working at uh, uh, one of the local uh, labs and stuff like that, or we did stuff at the New York Times building, the Goldman Sachs, the Trade Center, uh, it goes on and on and on, you know? Yeah, I've been very lucky to be involved in every major project in the tri-state area in the last, what, 15 years. Oh, yeah. You know? Big, big stuff. Big, big stuff. So, all right. Well, yeah, I mean, I think that's a good, you know, kind of a good introduction between you and I. So, uh you know, as, as we spoke before, you know, Bradley Basics is basically my attempt to uh, give, you know, young people resources to help them maybe determine how to go about finding out what they'd like to do for work. All right. So uh, that's what we're kind of doing here today. So I, I've kind of come up, you know, to give a little structure to what we're a little framework to your journey. Uh, you know, I, I uh, emailed you or texted you those these five questions. Hopefully you didn't have to pull an all nighter on these. But, <laughs> yeah, I figured I'd give them to you. Give it kind of so there's gonna be five questions. Um to give, give this uh, podcast a little structure, because like a lot of people who listen to a podcast, have to go do something, they want to stop. And, and so uh, the first question, uh, why did you pick your career, the career that you did? Well, um, it's kind of an odd path for me. I didn't really pick the career, the career picked me. Um, 
Yeah, due to your uh, father. Yeah, uh, you know, just like I said, my father had passed away when I got out of high school. I really didn't know what to do with myself. I was an 18-year-old kid that, you know, needed at that point in time to start paying a mortgage, you know, putting, uh, you know, my sister through college and, and wow. other other expenses that, you know, because my mom was a stay-at-home mom. Mm -hmm. So the only thing I knew was welding. So I figured, you know what, I'll take this job. It'll at least give me benefits and give me, it was unlimited overtime, um, you know, whenever we were out on a job site. So it was hard to pass up. Yeah. You know, so, and I never thought it was going to be a permanent thing. I really thought it was going to be, hey, this is going to be a temporary bridge. Just get some money in and then I'll, I'll go do something else. What that something else was going to be, I had no idea. But, you know, as time went on, I turned into a metal junkie. Like mm -hmm. I just couldn't get enough of it. So you got a passion for it. Eh? Yeah. Um, you know, I was started off with pipe and then I went to sheet metal. Um, then I worked for a company that we did, uh, replacement joints for the human body. I welded knees for the longest time. Wow. Uh, yeah. Didn't your uncle or somebody own that business? Actually it was my father-in-law. Father um, yeah. He, um, wow. He manufactured, uh, replacement joints, knees and hips mainly. And way back in the beginning, with knees uh, specifically, the, you had a post and a ball, and they were actually uh, made out of titanium and TIG welded together. They were fused. Well, now that's all wire EDM, that's all cut out of a, 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 a billet block of titanium, so there's no welding on them anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and like anything else, makes sense because a high that's a high end weld. And when you weld, if anybody knows about welding, if you want to get into it, you know, there's when you weld, there's there's different crevices and stuff like that, so things could you know. You well, know, biology things can get in there and, exactly. and, and cause problems, yep. infections and, and whatnot. Yeah, and that's why they finally, you know, technology evolved. They found out that they could uh, cut them with the uh, the wire EDM, which is a, a specialized piece of equipment, mm -hmm. um, and it re uh, eliminates completely any seams. So it's a solid piece. There are no crevices, like you said, or any other issues where you could have a, a biological uh, issue. Um, so, you know... I've been, you know, very lucky to progress through, uh, you know, through the business that way. Uh, and then to get to where I'm at now, I had to have a motorcycle accident and not walk for two years. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I got uh, hit by a car on my motorcycle. I didn't walk for two years. Jeez. Didn't work for two years. Now, of course, at that time, when the state was willing to pay me uh, to re-educate myself... I wasn't smart enough to go become a doctor. I stayed on the side of metals. I did a lot of reading during that course of time. And that's how I wound up going to work for BOC. They were, they were advertising at the time for somebody to answer their welding hotline. Oh yeah. Welding yeah. hotline. So, um, how many calls did you get a day? In the beginning, not that many, but as time went on, it, it increased. Um, and what was interesting with that, if you called 1-800-WELD, you got me. And most of the time, it was guys that had something they didn't know how to weld or what wire they needed to use or they were having a problem with a setting with a machine. You know, so, you know, you wound up becoming a resource. And I had a, you know, a desk that had every code book, every library instrument you could possibly think of in a way of welding. Mm -hmm. So if you called and said, hey, uh, I have a, a piece of P1 material to weld, and I don't know what to use. 
I could look up what P1 was, know it was a 90 SB9, mm-hmm. and recommend the wire. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, well, people don't realize how technical welding is, you know. And so, you know, I, do you think that was a good stepping stone for what you do now, right? Oh, it was huge. Yeah. Um, the detail, the codes, you know, that, you know, I'm an engineer. Like, you could, I've ever said this for a long time. You know, had, had, you know, you could be an engineer. There's no question about it. Just a matter of doing the training, you know, whatever. You're smart enough to do it, you know. It, it, what you've taught about the, the nuances of welding code, especially, the, you know, our fracture critical where there was a, a bridge uh, component you're working on and, Part of it was D15, the other one was fracture critical, and there was a 16th undercut, and you were getting challenged by one of the one of the uh, one of the uh, inspectors, and yep. uh, you know, and it would have had you not known that it would have most people just all right, we'll just take it out and conceded, but you're like, no, that's wrong, that's the right code, and it, you saved your organization at the time. I mean, how much money did you save them? Do oh, you think in labor? Oh, tremendous! And you know, I I couldn't put a number on it, uh, but it's. You know, it's in the thousands. It's not in the hundreds. It, you know, it's dollars. Yeah, yeah. And and you know, and you're right. If you know the code, uh, you know what's right is right. But there's also um, the code is has room to work in. Mm-hmm. So it do, nothing has to be perfect. It just has to fit the framework. Mm-hmm. Um, and you could wind up losing millions on a, a large infrastructure project if you're not, you know. Uh, paying attention you don't know what the code is you don't know what the requirements are uh you know you could have a long story short as far as this goes i was at a job at a um you know a facility a power facility and i got a phone call i was still working for you know uh, the gas company at the time as a technical guy and they said hey we're having a problem we can't weld what, what do you mean you can't weld we can't get the weld to take on the pipe. Something's going wrong. Must be a machine issue. So anyway, I drive down to the job site and start, you know, methodically going through, you know, because to figure out or troubleshoot a problem, you got to start with the basics and work your way through A right. to B, B to C, and just yeah. eliminate things. Yeah, like so, the BOC training, you know, right. the t- starting with the technical, all the, all the, all the known things that you're supposed to have in place. Right. So I'm going through that checklist and. One of the things in the checklist is, you know, to check all of your material. So, you know, I walk over to the pallet of wire and I look at the wire and I realize they have the wrong welding wire. Wow. The, uh, when the material was shipped out of the warehouse, it was a pallet full of wire. The forklift operator just picked the wrong pallet up. Yeah. You know, it happens, but nobody on the job site end checked it. And... At this particular facility, the code was extremely stringent, and the CWI, the Certified Welding Inspector, was responsible for checking the incoming material to make sure it was the right wire. Wow. He never checked it. So I knew right away what the problem was, was able to prove out to him. I pulled the inspector on the side. I said, listen, I'm not here to you know poke anybody in the eye. However, this is where the issue is. Um, I'm going to let you say you discovered it so that you won't have any egg on your face. Mm-hmm. I'll take the material out and we'll have the new material in in the morning. And that's what we did. And they went back to work and everything was fine. But, you know, had that not gotten caught at the time, well, they already had, they had fired 10 men that couldn't pass the weld test. Yeah. We're using wrong, or bad material. Right. So they lost 10 really good guys 
saying that they couldn't weld, but they didn't have the right material. So they had a cost impact of training those men for five days and and didn't get anything out of it. But had it not got caught and that wire went into production, it would have been huge because they would have had to cut all the welds out. They would have had to replace everything. So, you know, knowing what you have and and how to uh, look at things is in anything is very important, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, it's critical. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, uh, that's why you're a great CWI. What, what's brilliant about you is that you're a CWI that can straight up weld too. You know what I mean? And I, I'm a, I'm an engineering guy that can straight up weld too. Right. So, you know, like for one of my first podcasts, I mean, you know, to me, welding's like skating. I mean, I'm a great hockey player and like, you know, if you can't weld, you can't really do this job. And like you, it's not just the welding. It's just not the materials. It's just not the equipment. It's just not the codes. Right. It's just not, it's everything. Right. So, so you could, you could, we've been in this business for, I've been 23 years. How, you know, you, you Ooh, I bet you, well, I'm 51 now. I started when I was 16, so. 16. So, and we're still learning. Yeah. Oh, yeah absolutely. Every day. You know, when you were working at this, in the distributor uh, network, we sold a bunch of automation. Sure I taught did. you how to do that. That yep. wasn't that hard to do, right? No. You know, it was. But I never, I didn't know anything about a robot until we did that. Yeah. I, you know, you just learned how to do it, right? You got a business guy. He's got money, right? He's got to make sure that whatever money he's throwing down, he's going to get his, get his return. If you can show him that technically, he's going to, he's going to pull the trigger. Now the guy's got to have money. Right. And that's what I always used to smoke out. I'd do a D&B on these guys and the guys sitting there in a meeting, you know, you know, banging his fist on the table and then you you, you run it you know look behind the curtain yeah he's a poser yeah, he's, he's, he's got nothing he's got no money so then you just help me dictate my pace and you know it's just funny how it shakes out right so all right well that's cool i mean um so uh we'll move on to the second question you know um did you have a mentor or a coach along the way i mean it sounds like you're kind of a self-starter self-learner um maybe you have more of that now i'm not sure what do you think I've had multiple people that has helped me along the way. Um, in the beginning, when I first went to uh, the company that was a pipe fitter, you know, you got to remember, I was an 18-year-old kid, just lost my father, slightly out of my mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, rightly so. And uh, my foreman, his name happened to be Paul as well, and he was bald as a cue ball, and we used to call him Fluffy because of it. Um <laughs> Why, why fluffy? Just because he, he didn't have a stitch of hair on his head. So, you know, it was just kind of like. I call him Mr. Clean. Yeah, yeah well, it, <laughs> it just, we wound up, there was three Pauls in the company at the time. So I be, instantly became PJ. He became Fluffy because that was his nickname that I gave him because he just was always just so hard-headed. So there was nothing soft about him. Uh-huh. And, and oh, this, I see. It's and, ironic, yeah. Yeah, and this other gentleman, uh, that was Paul, that was a sales guy. But um, he, uh he took me kind of under his wing, started teaching me, you know, how to do pipe fitting, how to measure pipe and, you know, how to fit it up and how to weld it. And, you know, also just, you know, Hey, you know, dummy, you gotta, you know, we're paying you. You gotta be here on time. You can't show to work drunk. You can't be right. late. You, you know, just, you know, mentoring me to make sure that I be st- responsible, be right. disciplined. You got exactly. a job, you know, yep. Hey, you've made a commitment. You said you're going to give us eight hours a day. Well, eight hours starts at seven o'clock in the morning, not at seven Oh five, not at seven Oh one. It starts. If you're not there 15 minutes ahead of time, you're late. It's amazing. Right. Right. So he, he got me, you know, to become out of that, you know, teenage years and actually start becoming a, a legitimate adult, I guess is the best yeah, way it, to put it. 
you know, there's so much stuff, you know, I'm on, you know, Instagram and I look at the social media, you know, like that's why I'm doing this. Like, you know, I'm on Instagram and, you know, like I'm just looking at this going, this is great network to, to do what we're doing here. Now, hey, right. look at me, look at my shirt. I got my shirt off. I'm drinking a beer. I, I, you know, I, I, that's not what to me, that, that's not what this, this to me is this is a, this is a vehicle to, to, to teach and learn and to teach people to be disciplined. And, and it's amazing. Uh, there's so much stuff about uh, seeing some Navy SEAL uh, mm -hmm. Graduation ceremonies is one that I, uh, maybe I'll text it to you. It's unbelievable. But it's just about making your bed. You know, right. he talks about making your bed every day. You know, like make your bed. Yeah. You know, like don't throw trash on the ground. You know, you got all these people like uh, talking about the environment. But how about you say, hey, I, I'm going to go pick up trash along the side of the highway. Right. How about how about that's the way that you show people that you're committed to the cause? Like I could sit here and, you know, chirp about, oh, you know, you know the college debt issue that I feel is, a, is a, you know, is a scary thing to me because, mm -hmm. you know, I'd pay my own way through school and you, you had to had some, you know, you've got a family, you know what it's like, you got to yep. take care of things. And that's scary to me. And, and, and so instead of me, you know, uh, you know, lack of a better term, bitching about it, I'm actually doing this. Right. So that's why I'm doing this. Okay. I'm putting my own money up. We're doing this stuff. I'm using this, you know, these, this media, this, that I can get this stuff out. And that's what I'm going to start doing. Yeah, you know, it, to me, it's simple respect, yeah. and, and that's what he taught me on early. Mm -hmm. Like, have pride, simple in the, respect. I like, yeah, that. simple respect. Have pride in what you do, and if you're going to do something, don't half-ass it. Do it, right? You know. So then, you know, from him, I moved on to, it, uh, and you know him, and he has since unfortunately passed away. Uh, Ken Manchak. Oh yeah, legend. Yeah, legend at my company. Yeah. So he pulled me in when I went to BOC. Hello, uh, this is Ken. Man check. That's how I used to pick up the phone. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It <laughs> yeah, was. Yeah, I, I met him. The first time I met him was in training, and he was in this room, and he had the, probably a similar setup as you did at, at the BOC. But he had this like pedestal, and he had all this, yep, this huge. It was like a Bible, you know. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and he would just sit in there. I'm like, what are you doing, dude? Oh, I'm waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. He goes, you know how many lines come into the company? I said, nah. Oh, thousands and thousands. Yeah. Phone ring. Hello, this is Ken Mancheck. Uh, yeah. and it was just. He was awesome. Great guy. The uh, Philly guy, right? Yeah, Philly yeah, guy. Yeah, Philly um, guy. You know, he used to tease me. He said he was going to give me a lobotomy and get me to think the way he needed me to think. Yeah, that's what they try to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I, I, They're still trying on me. It's not it, working. <laughs> what I will say is, uh, you know, he, um, he taught me a tremendous amount. He took my raw knowledge and refined it, oh, you know, nice. and, and was able to say, okay, if this is happening and you did this, well, what else do you need to do cor to correct that problem? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and he got me to put my broken pieces of knowledge together to actually have, you know. Like an engineer would. That's, a, what, a, that's what an engineer ex is. Exactly. And, and, you know, never had the formal training. So, you know, he was the next step. Yeah, you could, like I said, it, you know, it's it's life, right? Yeah. Like, you're smart enough to do it. You know, like, you can hang with me. I'm not, yeah. I don't think I'm, I think uh, I'm, I'm a little different, but I'm, a, you know, a little unique too. So, you know. Well, yeah, I yeah. I know in your past uh, podcast you talked about um, oh, what was the term that you used now? Uh, Intellectual bigotry. Yes, mm -hmm. and and it is prevalent. It is very prevalent. Um, you know, now for me, that's how you, you know, like we had spoke a little earlier that you pushed me to become the CWI. Mm -hmm. Well, that was how I was able to legitimize my knowledge because yeah. I have a high school education. That's it. I don't have an engineering degree. I have a lot of hands-on 
you know, uh, learning that have, you know, the last 30 years of being in the industry, mm-hmm. but and you have the experience, right? You know, that's at the end of the day, it's, you know, it's to me, everything's about results. You know, I don't care if you're purple, yellow, uh, whatever. If you show up on time, like you said, and, right. and you're respectful and you want to learn, you want to work. There, I'm ready to go. Yeah, I, I, that's what I do. Right. And I love working. Yeah, so know? do I. But however, when you get into some of these situations where you're with entities, whether it be an authority, a state or whoever, um, or a client that has their own engineering department, they look to see what your pedigree is to see if you're telling them something, they're going to challenge you if you don't have a piece of paper to back it up. Mm-hmm. And I used to get very frustrated because I would know I was right. Yes. And, and I, I could prove it out to them. Like, here it is. But because I couldn't put something after my name, they wouldn't accept it. Or I would do it and I would have to pass it off to somebody else that was a P or a CWI and let them then sign it and stamp it so it could get processed. Yeah. And, and you know, for the longest time, it didn't, you know, it was just what I did. And then after a while, it started to get to me because those people were getting promoted and moving up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A- and in the meantime, they didn't know their, you know, their ass from a hole in the ground, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Yeah. And they were using my knowledge to to better and, and move forward. And I was still the guy at the back of the boat, you know. So. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's it's yeah, it's it's the hierarchy. It's the the good old boy network, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, I could we could talk for hours about that here. Oh, you know, absolutely. So. But hey, you know, you, you know, performance always outrides that, and, and and at the end of the day, you're the guy. It's it's hard it's hard to to see that, but then you you know you've set your own your own pace. You're a manager now, right? Uh, you, you you've moved a couple jobs, you had a couple of really marquee jobs, and you write your own ship. And then a lot of times, you and I have spoken. We could do something at some point. You and I could you and I could do a consult, have a consulting firm, no problem. Absolutely, you know, we could do that on the side, whatever. We could, you know we maybe we a lot of you know if if things work out and. Uh, I've said in one of my podcasts, you know, manufacturing comes back to this country. I mean, there's there's going to be a need for. I uh, just got on the phone with. Uh, there's going to be a need for training and people wanting to do things. And 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 colleges are. I mean, I'm telling you, it's not. I just uh, it's way. It's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's and it it's just yeah. I don't think you get your uh, bang for your. You buck don't get your there. bang for the buck, right? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Um, and you know, luckily enough for me, you know, because I've partnered with the right people or mm-hmm. or attached myself to the right people you know you were talking about you know mentors you know i i went from the first guy at the first company and i went to ken and then you know we met and and you refined a lot of my skills as well because there was stuff i learned from you that i didn't know mm-hmm. different angles to look at you pushed me uh a lot where you know i was kind of coasting you know and i was comfortable and then was like, hey, you need to do this, or you know, and yeah. you kept pushing me, and and that is, you know, a lot of times people need that, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, and and then got the CWI, and then that you know, okay, great, that was good, then you know, I finally made the decision to jump from the distributor side to get back into the you know field side of the business, and I wind up landing on a World Trade Center, yeah, you, you know, and yeah, we worked on the transportation. That's that's yep. probably my the. The craziest job, I and mean, that was crazy. I mean, there's multiple codes in there, different codes, and you know, it's patriotic too. I mean, that that was a crazy time, I right? Mean, you know, Huge. we all were here and saw that happen here, and a lot of our friends are no longer here because of that. It's crazy, right? Right. Yeah. Huge project. Uh, lots of challenges. 
Uh, I mean, there's stuff that we did there that, you know, when now at work, I'll hear a guy say, oh, wow, that's really big iron. And I laugh at him. <laughs> I'm like, you have no idea what big iron is. Go down inside the transportation hub, walk around the Oculus, take a look. I mean, like one of the, uh, for me, one of the biggest things is if when you walk into the Oculus, either end of the Oculus has completely freestanding staircases. Okay. Mm -hmm. They are, uh, there's not a single column on them. They're cantilevered off the edge of, of the, uh, the uh, east and west sides of the building. They're uh, 50 tons a piece. They're fracture critical. They were done to the bridge code. They were all hand fabricated in South Plainfield, New Jersey. Yeah. You know. There's some straight up guys that can straight up weld in Jersey, man. I oh, mean, yeah. There's no question. You know, the stuff out here, like a lot of people like, oh, what's going on in New York City? You know, it's like, you know, you know, like again, the chirp with the gardener gloves, you know, it's like, dude, like you, you, the guys in Jersey and New York City are like really smart guys. Like they can yeah. take a, a node that's what 120 tons, mm -hmm. 120 tons that could, you know, get in and get into the city, you know, and be, people can barely drive their car in the city, right? right? So you know, it's like people just don't get it, you know. It's just no, there's I, a lot you need to know other than just just the welding. There's just a, the, you just got to be someone that's can learn yeah. on the fly. Well, you know? Exactly, and you know, a lot of logistics, a lot of you you need to be able to adapt to whatever situation comes up on the spot, you know. Uh, right. And that's when because you got skilled labor and those guys make big money. Oh, that's yeah. what I'm trying to tell a lot of these young guys. Like, dude, you should. If I did, could do it again. That's the that's the last question I had. I'm not on the last question yet, but I would get into skilled trades. I oh, would yeah. be a skilled trades guy. I would get money for myself, and then I'd go. All right, you know, let me go 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 get some engineering or something. That's what I would do. Yeah, I would redo that. That return the clock because it's. But I didn't know anything like that. You know, where I grew up, it yeah. was a bunch of scientists, Dow Chemicals, Scrubbing Bubbles. Everybody was right. a scientist. My dad's kind of a scientist guy. My sister's a doctor. Uh, uh, you know, everybody was like that. I just grew up in that community. Right. You know what I mean? So it's the environment, too. So hopefully, like, through this, you know, podcast channel creation I'm doing, people will be exposed to different things that maybe they could pursue in their various communities, you know? so. Well, I think that's, you know being able to think outside the box or think outside of the box you've been put in. Mm -hmm. There you, know, you go. Very well said. You know, uh, like in my case, I wasn't looking at anything other than going into the family business. Mm -hmm. You know, my whole life I started working at 10 years old. Well, you had to survive, old. you know, you're but, 18 years old, you got to pay for things. Yeah. Your dad's gone. You got to, you got to pretty much take his, uh, take his role. That's, that's tough sledding. Right. Well, you know, if you are not be tough to do that. Oh yeah. If you don't know, if you can't adapt, you'll never survive. Mm -hmm. You have to change to go to the next place mm -hmm. if you stay the same you know it, you know it's like a fish right if a fish doesn't swim it dies right so you gotta be able to swim yeah like uh gary player like that's one of the quotes from uh i think the first podcast i just watching tv and he was talking about the masters he says you know change the price of survival absolutely you can't change you can't survive and right. if you can't survive you can't thrive that's right. all there is to it i mean you look know? at right now we're, we're so make your bed in the morning yeah <laughs> it's simple yeah simple make your bed stuff. in the morning Set some goals for yourself. Um, you know, I have an Instagram, so I sent a uh, a post out. You know, you know, you know, uh, pretty much put a plan together for six months. Right. That could that could that could put catapult you for the next five years. Yeah. Now you it's know? like every every day when I get to the job, depending on where I'm at with, doesn't matter what job I'm on, I take a picture from a different angle and I send it to my son every morning. Wow. You know, kids. What, what's the motivation behind that? Just to, you know, 
let them know that I'm thinking about them, number one. Number two, letting them see all the different potential opportunities within the job that I have. Like, you're not going to an office and sitting in a cube and staring at a brown wall. Yeah, you're getting a bad back. Right. Like, hey, you know what? You know, yesterday I was at the World Trade Center. The day before that, I was at Newark Airport. The day before that, I was at the World Trade Center. You know, you go back, you know, just prior to the pandemic, and I was at NYU doing work there. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been on, you know, like you said, the Tappan Zee, you know, City Island Bridge, all these yards. Yeah, Yeah. all these different places. And, you know, just to give him an idea that what he's being told in school isn't his only option. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, we all need an education uh, and me and you could talk about this all day long. Yeah. The way things are going education wise, maybe not the best. So they don't talk about the trades in school anymore. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. It's not even like I used to do a career in welding speech, um, for the local middle school for years. I did it. And then suddenly I wasn't invited back. Oh, I remember that. They were, um, because you didn't have a degree, I think. Someone well, said, a teacher said that to you or yeah, something, something yeah. weird. I said, next time you do it, I'll come with you. Yeah. You know? It, the, the one, again. I mean, that's BS. Yeah. Going back to your. Um, Intellectual bigotry. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was challenged because I didn't have a, a degree. But the other thing I think that uh, made her upset that day is I suggested to the class that you don't have to go to college to be successful. That's true statement. Yeah, and she was not like, people. People get they get too polarized. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Don't go to college. It's like there's other things to do. That's the concept, right? And Make I'm the, not the, saying you, to stop your education. Right. Just look at a different line. Look at of it a edu- different way. Like no different. Yeah. Like you sending a different picture to your son every day. Yeah. And saying these different angles and different thoughts and there's different ways and there's this stigma. Yeah. Okay. There's this stigma. Like I, 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 I uh, my second podcast. I, I don't know if you remember, but. I was waterproof in a basement and these two sorority mm-hmm. girls basically or the sort this whole sorority house thought I was like a dumb construction worker. Right. And, and then when they realized I was an engineer, I was just, and I was working $5 an hour. Yeah. It's funny you say that. Yeah. That seemed to be the going rate. Yeah. And I was shoveling dirt. <laughs> I went through two guys. I mean, two, two, do, two, you know, stud athletes from my hometown. Like they, one played baseball right. in Michigan state. The other guy is like a sheriff now. They're, they're huge guys. They just couldn't work. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's a half the half Mexican that I got. I can, you know, I can work well, in the heat. I, I, yeah. You know, I just, I was just, I needed money because I had to pay my rent, right? And I had to pay bills. You didn't have and a choice. And my parents pretty much said, "Hey, you know what? You, you're, you know, you're, you know, I played junior A hockey in Detroit. I don't know right. how they did it. I mean, right. I was on the road ever since I was five years old, like going down to Detroit, driving, and you know, yeah. they and paid, all of that they costs pay, money. Yeah, and my, you know, they 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 spend a lot of time with my sister now. Uh, you know out in bend oregon you know because they've you know they've they've kind of she was kind of she didn't kind of come with us she's very scholastic and she Mm -hmm. was studying a lot and stuff like that so it's just it's just crazy so um yeah let's move on to the third question um you know at at what point or stage of your career did you pivot into management was it uh did you apply for that or no just kind of found you again yeah it just kind of found me um what wound up happening there is, you know, when I was at BOC, I managed myself. I ran the, the welding hotline. I didn't have anybody else. But, you know, I kind of ran my own show. So I'm I'm used to, um, you know. Or, do- or, yeah, I'm just, I'm giving you a thumbs up because we're in good shape. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm used to, to doing that, you know, as far as, like, organizing things. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
Well, I think that you have to be a leader. Okay, so leaders leaders have to work on their own. They have to they have to maybe be the first first out of the gate or the first first guy see, use the you know see the vision and, and and lead. If you're going to be a good manager, you have to lead people, right? Exactly. Not, not like people think. Oh, uh, uh, you know, I'm I'm, I'm you, know, you do what I say. It's like no, dude. Like, what are we doing? Right. Like like I said, I want to you know the way I work with people, the way I lead. People, I'm not a manager or anything. I don't have that title, but you know, I lead people all the time. I just lead people and. uh but it's all results based. If I can get, if, if, if we're, if we have a common goal and, and, and we all agree that this is what we need to get done and how we got, and we, this is what we need to get done. And so, and then you build how you get it done on right. the back end. You know what I mean? And you'll be amazed if you give somebody uh, the opportunity to express their ideas. Well, God, I didn't even think of that. It di- Again, intellectual bigotry, just cause he might not be, you know, right. Doesn't have 23 years experience like me. Like I, I I'm working with, uh, back working with a young kid in New York city, uh, doing great. You know, basically I, I made him aware of the things that he's, that he's already done and the things that he's working out there that are going to be completed. We're just going through the motion, not the motions, but the steps that it took me probably 15 years in my career to learn how to do that. Right. What I've done is I've empowered him so that he understands how to do it. And he's only been doing it for working for, I don't know, maybe three years now. Okay. okay. So to me, that's extreme progress. Absolutely. Okay. You know, the good old boy network be like, well, you know what? Uh, you know, when I was your age, I, uh, you know, I struggled for 15 years. Now that's BS. Right. Like if you're, if you're really that good at what you do, if you're really that good, you can, you can teach somebody else. Absolutely. Right. You shouldn't be afraid of your knowledge. Right. Cause that person's going to push you. Now this, this, now this kid I'm mentoring or work, with, I'm not mentoring him. I'm working with him. He's this like data genius. Mm-hmm. And that's a passion. So I'm, I'm good. I'm learning from him. I right. love learning from young guys. I mean, young guys, they're, they're, they've got they've got a lot to offer let me tell you that and, and how they deal with people how they look at people they're well very, that's just you know, a fresh very, set of eyes yeah fresh set of eyes uh, uh you know their minds are, are clear you know maybe not corrupted by some of this you know intellectual bigotry lack of a better term that we're talking right. about and i don't know just anyway so you know a little tangent there on my own accord but <laughs> well the um where i kind of t- made the turn is when i left the gas industry, you know, the distributorships. And I went back, um, you know, back to being on the welding side of things. I was hired as um, just a, an inspector, you know, CWI, you know, working on a World Trade Center project for the uh, primary steel contractor. Mm-hmm. And the gentleman there that uh, I worked for was probably my next mentor. Um, and guidance, um, you know, he, you know, he saw my knowledge and my passion for what I do and my abilities. And again, reshaped me to refine it. So I wasn't raw. Yep. And, um, once he realized that, you know, I knew how to manage a project and I could push it. Um, the next thing, you know, I went from being, you know, the basic, you know, CWI on the project to being the assistant QC manager for the shop. Wow. Um, and it just, one day he walked in and said, okay, you're going to have the shop. I said, what are, you, what are you talking about? He goes, well, you're going to have, you know, all the inspectors, both, and we were running seven days a week, uh, you know, two 12-hour shifts. Wow. So I had guys on day shift and I had guys on night shift. And How I many was, guys? Well, a total of six men. 
um, inspector wise. Mm-hmm. I had uh, how many guys were like actually doing the work though? That you oh, had I had uh, I had over a hundred welders. I was responsible yeah, for. That's a lot of people. Yeah, I had uh, a six... lot of moving parts, a lot of emotions, uh, and you talk about emotional intelligence. You know, Paul, you're one of the most <laughs> emotional, intelligent people I know. Okay, and I think emotional intelligence is something that either you have or you don't have. Right. You know what I mean? And, 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 and you know, I, I'm very emotional, intelligent too. Maybe too much. You know, uh, I absorb maybe stuff I shouldn't. But you know, you have to be emotionally intelligent to be able to. You know, you be able. You have to sense something from somebody. Yeah. And be able to kind of without because sometimes people have a hard time communicating what they feel, right? So you have to be able to say, oh, I think you might. I, I kind of know him a little bit. So you pull. You know, it's like different ways to motivate people. Right. You know, exactly. I mean, and exactly. well, and in it's funny you should you know mention communication. In this particular instance, there were seven languages spoken in the shop. Wow. English was not the primary. I am not a multilingual person. I only know English. I know a few words in Spanish, not enough to really be effective, you know, like, you know, faster, you know, bathroom and beer. <laughs> that's yeah, a... Don Estela Banya. Where's the bathroom? That's all. That's how I ask a lot of those guys. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I couldn't say, hey, you want to go? I don't even know how to say, hey, you want to go grab a sandwich? Dude, I, I wouldn't even know. I wouldn't know, hey, you right. want to go grab a beer? I wouldn't even yeah. know how to say that, to be honest yeah. with you. Yeah. So anyways. So, <laughs> you know, but we had, you know, we had Spanish, multiple dialects of Spanish. We had Russian. We had, um, oh, I'm not even sure what the, the guys from... Uh, Egypt speak but we had a bunch of guys from Egypt there so wow. you know guys from the Philippines and we had people from all over the world working in this uh, plant and but we all spoke the same language of welding mm-hmm. wow. so that's how we were able to communicate hand signals you know symbols on drawings uh, I, there's a, a guy Alex that used to work for me he's since retired he's the only guy I've ever seen run two vertical passes uh, with MIG guns in either hand Wow, you know just run a stiffener up and weld it out complete and that was a guy that the, the tall guy from uh no the, you're thinking of chris the the tall polish guy yeah. no this was alex he was the 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 crazy russian we all used to tease him that he worked for the kgb but he um, probably did he was an electrical engineer and when he came here because he didn't want to learn english he couldn't work as the engineer Mm. so and he knew how to weld but he used to build all his own automation that was the guy that you know made that buggo with the automatic switch off his welder oh that we did the did the uh qualification work with yeah yes. yeah so you know he's he's since retired but me and him used to have great conversations he didn't speak a lick of english i don't speak a lick of russian but we'd sit down and have lunch and we'd point and giggle and you know yeah it, it, it's, but, it's welding it's results and it's, yeah. it's what was the term you simple respect is yeah. that what it was yep. i mean that, simple that, respect. those are those are just universal yeah universal ways i mean that's yeah. it you show a guy that you know and you had mentioned that you know we both know how to weld mm-hmm. well that brings respect with it it brings clarity with it to the person that you're trying when you're maybe challenging what they're doing or how they're doing it you know and they look at you and be like well who are you you don't even know what i would do but when you can put the leathers on you and and you get down and you sweat with them they understand that okay you actually do understand my condition yeah, yeah. my situation yeah and you're just trying to enhance them and you're just right. basically trying to uh you know uh empower them how you were empowered from your past and try to just try to do some knowledge transfer to them. Exactly. So, you know, that's, that's how, how I evolved into management. And then luckily enough, you know, being with them, I built a very good reputation um, of, of technical ability and, and 
thinking outside the box as far as uh, solving issues. And I once I got that management title, not that I ever wanted it, it just kind of came. Mm-hmm. It's never left. You know what I mean? So the next job I took, you know, then I became, I went from being the assistant QC manager to being the QC manager. Then, you know, I worked for a lab and I was their operations manager there. And Mm -hmm, then, mm -hmm. you know, I went to, you know, to tap for a while and I ran the qualification trailer there as the lead CWI doing welder qualification, Mm. Um, you know, and all the different. Big job, big job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was, that was crazy. Did I ever tell you that the, first day on a job on the water the boat sank that i was on no no <laughs> yeah yeah you know heading out to the pier and yeah all of a sudden the, the cap <laughs> captain says hey boys get ready to get off yeah this welding thing. in the water yeah, yeah people yeah. get it man it's because we're sinking <laughs> yeah i sold i sold a couple of robots that were involved with that job i mean it was uh, that was it that was yeah there's some there was some uh good old boy stuff uh, that was happening that uh you know uh, actually, you know, my side of the fence, uh, you know, uh, that I had to manage, and that was that was actually probably my pivot uh, to all the all the stuff. That's 2011, right. whatever it was. Well, that kind of leads me into the next next question. Uh, question number four is, um, uh, you know, what what work did it take to stay and thrive at the management level? I think you've kind of touched on that. You know, it's you know, like what I mean, you're you're still a manager, like what yeah. you know, like you still want to be there, obviously. Like, uh, you know, how how are you going to stay there and thrive? Like, what do you what, what what's your game plan? Oh, um, you know, right now, um, I, I believe I've found a home. Um, I've, as you know, I've kind of bounced big project to big project Mm -hmm. when one ends it's, it's odd. It's, and it's the network, you know, big project ends. The next one starts up. Next thing you know, you start getting phone calls Mm -hmm. because those people that just ended that project are now, you know, naturally get pulled to the next big project. Because, you know, the ones that were successful and helped the project along, you know, the contractors know who those people are. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the phone calls start. Hey, here, uh, we need you over here. We need you to run this. And and that's how I wound up with the company I'm at now. Um, The last one I was at, you know, things were starting to dwindle down and, you know, wasn't quite sure what I was going to do. And these people I work for now had a job coming up at the World Trade Center Mm -hmm. and somebody that they know and i know and they've still yet to tell me (laughs) uh recommended me to them and i got a phone call one day and said hey you know we need you to come run our job at the world trade center so and i've done that you know i i made the jump because it was a good idea and but what i do is i continually find ways to prove to ownership that i'm valuable to them yes that i'm an asset that i'm not dragging them down or, or costing them money. You know, I mean, when I, you know, I, you know, there's a, an issue that has just come up where they're not a hundred percent sure about a project's about to start. And I said to him, listen, you need me to go over there and spend some time to make sure that our client is aware that we're committed to this, you know, and keeping it on track. Yeah. That's, that's what I'll sale, do. That's the salesmanship. We've talked about this a thousand times. Exactly. Being a sale, everybody thinks it's, oh, you're some used car sales. You know, sales is sales is sales. You're constantly selling, negotiating, right? You know, making sure people uh, taking care of a client, make sure he's okay, man at ease. Because you let that stuff fester in a customer's mind, and you, oh, yeah, you, you you're make done. them think like you don't care about them. Uh, that's that's a recipe for disaster. Yeah, you might get that one job, but you won't get anything else. That's and right. then that word will spread faster than if you did a good job. Yep. So, you know, I'm constantly uh, selling myself to my own company 
over and over again and, yeah. and showing them different skill sets or yeah never laying on your hands right. constantly you know not being humble uh you know uh, continuing to show yeah and, and there's there's a lot of uh cronyism nepotism hypocrisy there's a lot of that stuff still prevalent in this good old boy network yeah. and, and, it, and like i said on my second podcast it's 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 changing oh okay? yeah it's changing and a lot of these guys are going to be gone and uh and they're lucky that uh, it's, it's probably time for them because it, it it's not it, they're just they're just to me that's just dinosaurs. Yeah, dinosaurs, dead wood. I hate to use it's kind of negative, but uh, but that's 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 the truth because they're not they're not continuously improving. You know, right. not reading. Like over this pandemic, you know, I got this website put together, right? Like I've said that the things that we're doing right now, the uh, the GoDaddy guys didn't know how to do it. So right. I, it's a plug-in, and I I figured all this stuff out, and I'm gonna all I have to do is do we'll do this. I'm my buddy. Greg Connors edit this. Uh, he's the uh, he got me in the podcast. He's just graduated from NYU. You know Greg. He covered yep. the city for a while. Engineer. I mean, like a professional actor. This guy's like legit. And uh, you know, so he's gonna do all this stuff. And all I have to do is get this edited. You know, we'll go over it, make sure it's cool, and then I just post it on my website, and it gets populated all these different you know podcast, uh, right. Apple, uh, Spotify, all these different places, right? And uh, but I was doing this on the pandemic. You know, I could have sat around and. Right, drank a bunch of beers and act like a you know idiot. Yeah, and but took no, your I, lay I finished, off money. Yeah, and... yeah, I fin- yeah, I finished. I finished a couple books, uh, started a couple books. You know what I mean? And and you know it was great. So all right, that's cool. So yeah, we'll get to the final question here. Um, so if if you were to do it all over again, uh, what would you change? Well, if I had the opportunity to do it again, I would probably. St- Stay in school and get my engineering degree. Okay. Um, only because I think that's the one piece of my career, had I had it, it would have changed a few things and made some things better. Early on in my career when I was still welding, I would have got into, you know, a trade. You know, I mean, let me back up. I was in a trade, but I was with a non-union company. Okay. You know, and money was decent. I work constantly. However, you know, you can make some really good money with organized labor. Oh, yeah. Um, and, you know, luckily enough, uh, I've got two people that I uh, taught during night school when I used to guest teach occasionally over to the, the Votec that have both uh, gone into, you know, local 11 and they're thriving, which is, it's great to see, you know, knowing them from when they were little kids, well, not little, but high school kids, and now they're in the trade. One's gonna, one's already a journeyman. Uh, the other is going to be a journeyman. She graduates this September, and, and, and it's just, you know, excellent to see that, you know, the knowledge I was able to pass on to them helped them along the way. Yeah, it's great, you, right? You know, so that would probably be it. I, you know, I would... Yeah, you can't put a price tag on something like that. No, you know? no. When you you look out and you say, like, hey, you know what? I had a... Like, the buildings are one thing. Like, I go into the city now, if my son's with me and he's got his friend, he'll be like, my dad built that building. And I'm like, well, yeah, me and 5,000 other guys, but... Yeah, yeah right. You know... Yeah, but you, were, you, know, you had your hand on the... Right. On, so, you had your hand on the throttle. Right. So, you know, but that, you know, to watch him do that is is really cool, you know, but to see somebody that you help teach that's out there actually doing a job, doing it well, and, and you know, respects what they do, and, and you, you know, like, every time I run into him, for, hey, thank you very much. Yeah. You know, they don't have to do that. And they're young kids. You know, they're, you know, 
and it's not typical for this generation to come and say thank mm-hmm. you. You know, you well, and I were brought up that way. You, yeah, you know, yeah. That's what we have. That, that that's what we have to do. You know, you've got like you've got like people taking advantage of young people. That's how I feel about right. it. especially like you know like not connecting the dots, not not you know like the stigmatism. You, you know, not not being able to talk to a, a class about what you do because you don't you know did, you know like it's just you know come on, it's about learning. Okay, right. it's about learning. It's about figuring out what you want to do. You know, because it's like if if you really know what you want to do, you're you're really not going to work. You're well, just I, like at what I like I said. You know, I, I, I joke around. I was like, I just walk around at work. Mm-hmm. Was it easy getting there? No, it wasn't easy. Did I have to, to struggle through things? Sure, yeah. But you know, it's I just walk around. You know, well, I mean, I'm not. You know what I mean? And you you just walk around too. I mean, yeah. we, we, you know, your energy level has been the same or growing for the last 20, how long we've known each other you know what i mean yeah. so you're always excited about it you know we call it, what shit we're calling each other at like five in the morning right you Driving know because we're going talk. to the city yeah. you know we're doing what we do whatever we got to do yeah. you know uh you know so uh all right paul I, I i think that you know it's a good podcast real good podcast i think like we've talked about i think you know we could we'll see how this goes and if we get some activity maybe we can organize a seminar somewhere or something Absolutely. like that you know and maybe bring some kids in and show them some more de- uh, detail of wh- what's going on and 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 um and so yeah so um yeah this co- will conclude you know our podcast uh, with pa- uh, paul lennox and again uh, appreciate you guys taking the time and hope you learned something from this and uh be looking out for our, our next one enjoy thanks the- for having me yeah thank you paul enjoy the day